What Pastor Randy was saying is so important nowadays because truth is really being challenged and the truth of Christianity is being challenged even from within the church. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. It isn't coming from external. It's like an internal, that's right. like a civil war we're yeah. having over theology. Exactly. And so the question I always ask people, because we go to a lot of college campuses and present the evidence that Christianity is true. If I ever get a non-believer or anyone hostile at the microphone, I always stop and I ask them, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? And I've had atheists and non-believers stand at the microphone and they'll say, no. And I say, no, wait, I thought you claimed to be reasonable. Why wouldn't you believe something if it were true? Because it's not a head problem, it's a heart problem. They don't want it to be true. They don't want there to be a God. They want to be God of their own lives. You see, they're really not on a truth quest or on a happiness quest, and they're just going to believe whatever they think is going to make them happy. And I think. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast, where relationships and ministry meet. Well, welcome to the latest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and as always, joined around the table by the man making lots of extra noise this afternoon. <laughs> Randy, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, oh, i got a lot of caffeine in me right now. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's that, that's your first one, though, of the day. We don't know. It's a blank stare, folks, if you could see into the room right now. It's, it's the last day, day of our youth conference, yes. and uh, yeah, this is the only thing keeping me like. <laughs> You're gonna uh, sleep for like four days. Uh, no, I, no, I'm no. nope. You're gonna play pickleball but, for four yeah. days after this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing anything after tonight. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> yes. Oh well, it's good. I'm so glad we're having another. I love recording. Uh, podcast during 12 conference uh, yes. it, it is always a lot you're going in between but we have the best guests uh-huh. and uh, today is no different and you know we get to have a lot of conversations around the table and and kind of these green room back back room casual conversations yes and, you know on the podcast we're always talking about how how can we help you in ministry in life and in as leaders and in leadership and what I love about where we're going today is that this is we're all called to the same mission right i think yep. about the great commission and no matter where you are listening if you're a lead pastor if you are a volunteer at your church wherever you are we're all on the same mission to go and reach people for jesus um and uh sometimes though uh we get caught where we we maybe don't know how to have a full conversation when we're very true uh, somebody asks us a question or it's been a while um, since that's happened to me as i'm sitting here i'm thinking about what you're saying and when was i no, oh just, really yeah you, you, you yeah okay i was like well okay maybe it's just me i'm gonna bring realness to the podcast today <laughs> but our guest today is is gonna help us because even in ministry we do we 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 feel like we we do we have a lot that god's given us and shown mm-hmm. us but this world has changed a lot recently yeah, and this whole sure. man we're deconstructing christianity we're mm-hmm. we're coming at it with what can we do to prove that it is not true because we don't want to believe that it's true or formulate our own truth mm-hmm. um and ultimately how do we communicate god's heart to people that are in that mindset sure that's 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 really the, the heart of it and it's a something that we all, whether you're a ministry leader or a pastor or or not, as as Christians, we are confronted with this exact thing more than we ever have been. And maybe there's seasons of this in the church where sure. it really gets attacked with truth and the basis of that. But right now, it's a it's a big deal because of all the deconstruction and the 
you know, throwing out things and that's not really, you know, God's word and Old Testament doesn't matter or what, all of these things that we all face right now. So it's a great topic it to is. discuss today. It is. And not just what to say, but how to say it. That's yeah. one of the things that Jesus always knew how to approach people mm-hmm. and how to come in. And our guest today, uh, God has just graced and anointed him with not Absolutely. just the wisdom, but also just insight into how to walk in that grace with people. And that is Dr. Frank Turek is on the show yes. with us today, sitting around the table. How are you, sir? I am great. I wish my kids thought that about me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's anointed. No, he's not. Oh. <laughs> he's annoying. He's annoying. That's right. Oh, we're so honored to have you. Those of you listening, if, if you don't have the pleasure of knowing who Dr. Frank Turek is. Uh, you are an author, um, and one of your books, I, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, mm-hmm. uh, super, super helpful. Um, but you really speak and go all over the place helping uh, people with this and talk a lot to young people. Mm-hmm. You've actually, this is your second time at our conference. That's and right. You Love have poured so much in, into our church and our, our students and our staff. And so we're just honored to have you. I'm honored to be here. And what you, what Pastor Randy was saying is so important nowadays because truth is really being challenged mm-hmm. and the truth of Christianity is being challenged even from within the church. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Is it isn't coming from external. It's like an internal, that's right. like a civil war we're yeah. having over theology. Exactly. And so the question I always ask people, because we go to a lot of college campuses and yeah. present the evidence that Christianity is true, if I ever get a non-believer or anyone hostile at the microphone, I always stop and I ask them, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? And I've had atheists and non-believers stand at the microphone and they'll say, no! No, I'll say, no, wait, I thought you claimed to be reasonable. Why wouldn't you believe something if it were true? Because it's not a head problem, it's a heart problem. They don't want it to be true. They don't want there to be a God. They want to be God of their own lives. Mm-hmm. You see, they're really not on a truth quest, they're on a happiness quest. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to believe whatever they think is going to make them happy. And I think that so much of that, Pastor Randy, is what's happening in the church now, people are inside the church going, you know, there's there's parts of the Bible I don't like, particularly when it comes to sexual morality. I don't want God to be that restrictive of what I want to do sexually. Mm -hmm. And so they start trying to say that, yeah, this stuff's, you know, you don't have to believe this, or they come up with all these cockamamie uh, interpretations to try and say people can behave sexually any way they want, which just isn't true. So I always ask him, if it really were true that Christianity that we've known for 2,000 years was really true. Would you follow Jesus? And a lot of times the answer is no. At least you know where they're coming from Yeah. you ask that. But so I really want to dig into the truth so we mm-hmm. are equipped with the right answers mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. these questions mm-hmm. that we're talking about. However, I am intrigued by what you said. You said they don't really, if, if it were true, and I could prove it to them, yeah. factually, so yeah. intellectually, yeah. if I could mm-hmm. prove to you that what I'm saying is true, yeah. would you receive it? And they say no. Mm-hmm. What you said, it means they really don't want to know the truth. That's right. Okay. Well, if people don't want to know the truth, it doesn't matter how much truth you give them. Exactly. So where do we start at in yeah. this whole thing? Yeah. Well, I think you start asking questions just like Jesus did. Why would you not want to believe something if it were true? What 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 are you holding so close to yourself that you would give up truth to keep it, mm-hmm. mm. right? So you're trying to dig into the heart before yes. you even start speaking to the mind. Yes, you wanna know really what motivates them. And uh, I know idol's an old word from the Old Testament, but we all have things that we put above God mm-hmm. or put above Jesus in our lives that sometimes 
knocks Jesus down a few pegs. And for some people, it's recognition. For other people, it may be sex. For other people, it may be money. For other people, it may be power, whatever it is. And we're all susceptible to these idols. Mm -hmm. And if you can ask people truly, are you saying that these things are more important than truth itself, that these things are more important than Jesus, if he really is God, that Mm -hmm. you would sacrifice Jesus again for sex, money, or power? Really? So do you think hmm. that, I, I, I used to believe this, and it may not be true anymore, mm-hmm. so I need to change my mindset, but I used to understand that people didn't want to have anything to do with Christianity. Once again, it wasn't intellectually, is mm. because they didn't want to. No, that's a heart thing. That's right. And usually that comes from some interaction they had with a Christian somewhere that hurt them yeah. or did something. Mm-hmm. So. It, it, do you find that still to be the same? Oh, yeah. That's why I always, okay. ask, I always ask them this question. When somebody plays Beethoven poorly, who do you blame? You don't blame Beethoven. You blame the player, right? right. So when someone plays Jesus poorly, right. who do you blame? You don't blame Jesus. So good. Yeah. That's just be, a, that's a great just that beca- is a great analogy. Just yeah. because I'm not true and beautiful doesn't mean Jesus isn't true and beautiful. Right. Jesus is our Savior. Christianity's not Christians, Christianity's okay. Jesus. And this, by the way, uh, the guy that wrote a great book on this is uh, John Dixon, who wrote a book called Bullies and Saints, where he goes through the entire history of the church, like a chapter per century. And he's the guy that said, you know, when somebody plays Beethoven poorly, who do you blame? You're, you're putting your blame, you're, you're saying that because Christians aren't perfect like Jesus, Christianity's false. That's nonsense. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus, You're would right. we? That's true. Right? Right. We, and Jesus yeah. doesn't make us perfect. No, not not on this side of eternity anyway. Right, no. That's glorification. That comes later. Yeah. yeah that's Romans 8 stuff. Mm-hmm. We're still in Romans 3. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? We're trying to get to 5 and 6 yeah. so we can be sanctified. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know. right now we just need to believe <laughs> yeah. in the, what yeah. he, the work that he's provided. Mm-hmm. I like it. That is good. All right, so you're you're full of the I've, – I've had the privilege of listening to you a couple times, and every time you say something and I'm like – it's just the perfect words for it is. what all right so let's let's kind of dive into this approach side of um, we were talking earlier about how right now the church is being faced with this um deconstruction from within mm. so you've got you've got christians so let's let's hold the conversation on the non-christian and the atheist okay. so you've got christians that they're on the same playing field, but mm. they're starting to pick apart God's word. And mm. like you said, pick and choose mm-hmm. maybe what they want. Mm-hmm. As a Christ follower, if we want to be like Jesus, what are some ways we can approach that conversation and help lead back to truth? How yeah. do we do that? I think instead of making statements, we have to ask questions. So uh, you're saying that God is for, let's just say, LGBTQ behavior. Why do you think he's for it? And where do you, where do you come up with this? Where is it in the scriptures? So they would say things. Well, just God, He loves everybody. What do you mean by love? What I, is love? He's for. Well, see, I what I think I, I would ask them: Are you a parent? Oh, you are a parent. If you approve of everything your thirteen-year-old wants to do, are you loving? No, love does not mean approval. Love means seeking what's best for the loved one, and that often means you have to stand in the way of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what is love? You know, in the passage that everybody reads at their wedding, but nobody obeys, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, <laughs> love always protects. 
love always perseveres. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. Right. If we're going to love people, we have to oppose the evil they want to do mm-hmm. or where they disagree with the scriptures. That's It's not loving to approve of what they want to do. Yeah. You know, Jesus gave us one new command. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love us? He sacrificed himself mm-hmm. for us. And Thomas Sowell, the 93-year-old economist, I don't even know if the guy's a Christian. You know, he this guy grew up in Harlem, but somehow taught himself to read and then became an amazing professor at some of the biggest universities in the world. He said this. He said, when you tell people what they need to hear, you're helping them. When you tell people what they want to hear, you're helping yourself. Oh, wow. Why do we tell people what they want to hear? Like, say, on the sex issue. Okay. Right? Your, your, your son or daughter comes to you and says, you know, I'm trans or I'm gay or whatever. We're tempted to say, in order to love you, I'm going to approve of what you want to do. You know why we say that? Because we don't want to take any blowback we might get from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're not sacrificing ourselves for them. We're sacrificing them for our own benefit. So because I want my kids to Mm -hmm. like me Mm -hmm. and accept me, Mm -hmm. then I'm just going to appease. I'm going to appease them. Yeah. Okay. You're not helping them then, right? Because you're enabling them to go down a road that you know, not just from God's word, but you know from nature, Mm -hmm. isn't going to work. And it leads to such negative health consequences, just from a natural law of medical perspective. This is not the way to go. You're heading them down that road by basically trying to avoid any friction in the relationship so you can feel better. You're you're saving yourself rather than them. It is. Yeah, when you think about it. Selfish. Yeah, love oh, wow. love goes through the hard work sure. of actually bearing the consternation of somebody who disagrees with you and disagrees with God and God's word. I was thinking about my kids when they're young and learning how mm-hmm. to ride their bike or playing yeah, in yeah, the yard. Yeah. Like, I want to go play in the street. Oh, mm-hmm. I love you. Go ahead. Yeah, it's right. not love. That's right. That's, that's right. I mean, in essence, yeah. that's right. love would say, okay, go mm-hmm. go play in the street. Sure, that's yeah. what they're saying. But love would say no. It's going to harm you Mm -hmm. for your own good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus sacrificed himself for us, so we need to sacrifice ourselves for others, which means we will risk getting the blowback of telling them the truth and maybe even risk Mm -hmm. them saying, I never want to see you again. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Yeah, right. It's going to divide mother and daughter, Mm -hmm. father and Mm -hmm. son. And many of the people listening to us right now know those verses are true because they're divided in their own families over Jesus. Mm. Well, it's not one that we put up on the refrigerator. We or, never do, you know, do, we? don't do have we? plaques on our Yeah, in our Didn't walls. make the 12 Conference t-shirt. No, <laughs> it's not stitched into a pillow anywhere, right? Right. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> it is. And he said, if you hate me, it doesn't mean you, you, you wish ill on him. It means that basically if, if you don't put me at a higher level than even your personal relationships, mm-hmm. you can't be my disciple. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a being a Christian, carrying your cross, denying yourself, it ain't easy, mm-hmm. right? No. So in other words, really at the heart of all of this deconstruction and acceptance and inclusion is really born out of insecurity in my own self. And 
we know this to be true, but the, the way to overcome those things is actually by surrendering, not fighting for self mm. to make you, oh, this is what makes me feel good. Mm. But yeah. it's surrendering, yeah. sacrificing, picking up your cross, yep. all mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah, good insight. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. The very opposite. It's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. It is. And there's so many para, uh, paradoxical things in the Christian faith that, like, nobody would make up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to gain your life, you got to lose it. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought of that? Right. <laughs> yeah, right? right. You know, yeah, I'm going to do this, and a lot of people are going to follow this. Right. Yeah. 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 You didn't do this to win a popularity contest. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you follow me, uh, you know, you'll be persecuted. Who would have made right. that up? Right. right. Okay. If you think about lust in your heart, you're guilty. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for that. I'm guilty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be be perfect that your heavenly Father is perfect. I can't do that exactly. Only I can, Jesus says. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some great It is. So, Frank, nuggets. let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. How important and what, what, I guess, what part does it play? How important is it to have relationship with people when you're having these conversations? Oh, well, yeah. And then how do you approach the, the two different sides? If you're having one with somebody you got relationship with yeah. and one that you don't. Well, you know, I mean, if, if it's someone really close to you and they come up with, you know, let's just keep using the sexual issue. Sure. It's such big in our country today. It's a big topic. Yeah. yeah. Someone comes up to you and says, you know, I'm gay or trans or, you know, whatever. I think you can say to them, hey, Kristen, if you thought that I was going down a road that would be harmful to me and others and that God wouldn't, wouldn't want me to go down, would you love me enough to tell me? Yeah. Okay. I want to do that with you right now. Right. That's a great approach. Yeah. So you ask the question. You can also ask questions like, do you consider yourself a tolerant person? What are they going to say? Well, of course. Sure, right. of course yeah. I great. Am. So then if I have an opinion that's different from yours, you'll tolerate it then, right? Yeah. Because right. mm. then if they get all mad at you. Right. They're, you're going to go, what happened to tolerance? Yeah. You know, you claimed you were tolerant. Well, normally yet, they're not very tolerant. Yeah, that's right. The people who say they're fighting for inclusion, tolerance, and diversity are often the most intolerant Okay, but that's what there. they say about us. Yeah. So how do we how do we share our opinions that are different than theirs? And they go, see, you're just not being tolerant of me. Because in essence, I have my truth, which is biblical, and their truth is whatever they agree upon. And right. so how do how do the two ever become Well, yeah, I guess the question is what is the truth? Not what I believe or what you believe. But what, but what is we're the saying truth? you would you if I tell you something, would you be tolerant if it's different? Okay, and yeah. And we want them to say yes, but at the same time I guess define tolerance. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. using. I mean, because yeah, I wouldn't be tolerant of their right. of their basis of truth. Well, I don't. Depends on what truth. tolerance means, because right. I wouldn't right. agree with it because right. I've already made up my mind on my truth. But but haven't they? That's a, well. See, that's a good point. The point question I like to ask audiences: Are Christians commanded to be tolerant? And the answer is no, mm-hmm. because tolerance is too weak. Tolerance says hold your nose and put up with them. Christians are commanded to love, which means reach out and help them, which also means, as we mentioned earlier, you have to stand in the way of things they want to do that are going to be harmful to them. Mm-hmm. So no, we're not commanded to be tolerant. We're commanded to be mm-hmm. loving, and that that requires you to draw lines in the sand mm-hmm. that aren't your own lines. They're lines from God, and they're trying to do the same thing, however. You know, you always hear you can't legislate morality. That's all you can legislate. That's what every law tries to do. Mm-hmm. It tries to say this is right and this is wrong. The only question is, what by what standard are you judging this to be right, right or wrong. this to be wrong? Yeah. And the problem is, is that so many in the so-called progressive Christian movement 
first of all, it's not progressive nor Christian if you're disagreeing with Jesus, yeah, it, sure. right? It's yeah. an oxymoron, right. yeah. progressive Christianity. Yeah. But like they'll say, well, you know, Christians are intolerant or unloving or toxic. You know what they're doing there? They're assuming a moral standard that they don't have in their worldview. Mm. Why, why are they judging, say, biblical Christianity to be toxic or unloving if they don't have a standard of morality other than their own opinion mm -hmm. because morality right and wrong only exists if god exists right right otherwise it's just your opinion against my opinion so here they are appear, appealing to a moral standard to say you pastor randy you're bad you're intolerant you're toxic well what standard are you using to say pastor randy's toxic are you saying your god is the true god well give me some evidence that your god exists you can't I can give you evidence that the biblical God exists, mm -hmm. but you can't give me evidence that the God right. that agrees with everything you're saying exists. Well, what if they say because there is no God? Well, then that's even worse for them. Yeah. Then it's just their opinion they're trying to impose that, on you. Yeah. 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 Then there's you, there's no moral right to anything so if, if there's no God. So if it's a progressive Christian, they're going to say God. They're going to say it's the same God of the scriptures. But, but why they're not they, going to have anything to point to for their basis of yeah, the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they disagreeing with him then on every turn? Well, because... Well, they they want to deconstruct the word of God and say, right. well, it said this, but that's out of context or that's irrelevant now. Yeah, well, they have to give make a case for that. Yeah, and and they well, it was written by men. Well, so is anything they say is written by men. So yeah. why do they think they're right? Yeah, you see, it is true that men sometimes err, but it doesn't mean that men always err. In fact, you know, there's more inerrant books than the Bible out there. Most kids' kids' books are inerrant, right? See, socks run, two plus two equals four, right? People can write inerrant books all the time, but there's only one book we know of that's inspired, okay? Okay. So anyone to say, I can't believe it because it's written by men or it's said by men, I'd say, aren't you a man? Why should I believe what you said? If you use that principle, you can't believe anything <laughs> anyone says. It. Right, yeah. 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 Well, right? that's the genius of the things that you do is you take their own statement and you, yeah. you flip it on them. Yeah, because they're assuming. You have a, yes, you, you have a unique way of doing that. You do. You're just a lot smarter than the case. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, but one of the Would you come with me to right? talk to some people? <laughs> but one of the common things that I'm seeing through everything mm -hmm. you're saying is you ask probably, do you do, I guess, let me ask it as a question. Do you ask more questions in your conversations than you do make statements? Well, you try to because you want to. I mean, this is a leadership podcast, right? Right. So leaders are good at asking questions. Leaders are good to try and try and figure out what's going on. Um, leaders know that if someone else comes up with a plan, they're going to be more committed to it than if the leader comes up with a plan and says, hey, you're doing this. Right. right? So they right. try and draw it out of them. Right. Right. Um, Jesus asked so many questions. And they were amazed at his answers. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they couldn't answer it. Like, for example, um, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Mm -hmm. Can I have a coin? Whose image is on it? Mm -hmm. Caesar. Pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay to God what is God. Isn't it interesting that he holds up the coin and there's an image of Caesar on there, mm -hmm. right? So it just goes to Caesar. But if he wanted to complete the thought, and maybe he did say this, it's not recorded, but whose image is on you? Yeah. God. Mm -hmm. So give to God what is God. You're, you're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. So give yourself to God. All right. Right? And, um, a brilliant thought. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, turns, he turns stuff. You know, who's, uh, by what authority do you teach these things? Uh, let me ask well, you a first, question. tell me. <laughs> yeah. Who is, is John's baptism from, from uh, 
man or from God? Uh, if we say man, uh, they're going to be mad at us. If we right. say God, why didn't you believe it? We don't know. Well, I'm not going to tell you then either. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. You're right. He was a brilliant <laughs> yeah, yeah. asker of questions. Uh-huh. Well, help us a little bit. I'm thinking about the the leaders and pastors that are listening on this podcast. And mm-hmm. and I'm, I, we always like to get really practical. And, and some of what we're talking about, all of what we're talking about is very practical. Mm-hmm. But what I want to mind from you is, can you give us some practical res- tools, resources? Maybe it's even like, hey, this book will change your life and it oh, will sure. help equip you in these conversations that yeah. sometimes you get stumped. You might not get stumped. No, but everyone, you know, no one knows everything. Say hand out your phone number to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, go to crossexamine.org. Yes. Crossexamine with a D on the end of it, dot org. The two books, when we do training, we train people to do this. We recommend two books they have to read. One, of course, is the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, mm-hmm. which I co-wrote. I humbly recommend that. You know, my new book is called 10 Steps to Humility and How I Made It in Seven. Seriously. Which is that's very humble of mine. That's a Boudreaux joke. Yeah. That's <laughs> the it's very humble of me because I actually made it in six. Okay. But no, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And another book that a friend of mine wrote called Tactics by okay. Greg Kokel, K-O-U-K-L. Tactics, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist has the evidence for Christianity from the ground up. So that's when you're trying to prove to someone Christianity is real. Like, yes. you may think differently, but let me prove to you. Yeah, here's the evidence. And we don't really use the word proof because that sounds like too high a bar. Okay. We're just trying to show that, yeah, the evidence shows beyond a reasonable doubt that Christianity is okay. true. I, could, could I be wrong? Of course, I'm not omniscient. Yeah. Right? I mean, okay. All right. And then the, the, the book Tactics shows you how to ask questions and what questions to ask. Uh, and some of those questions we have in our app, the cross-examined app, two words in the app store, okay. cross-examined. So, like, here, here are questions you can ask people. When they say something, they might say, Pastor Randy, you're a bigot. Don't try How it. How did you know this? <laughs> yeah, I know. He saw that email Come that on. came through. <laughs> Don't Whoa, make a clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. Don't make a statement. Ask a question. When they call you a bigot, say, what do you mean by bigotry? Because I had a, a same-sex marriage advocate ask me or say this to me once because I wrote a book called Correct Not Politically Correct about same-sex marriage and transgenderism, which was just updated. It just came out a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. Anyway, he said, call me a bigot. I said, what do you mean by bigotry? He said, fear and intolerance. I said, that's not the definition of bigotry. The definition of bigotry is having a firm position on a, on a particular topic and not being open to being corrected, having a firm position and not, not really investigating it, you know. Like closing yourself off to the evidence. And I said, sir, with all due respect, if anyone's a bigot in this conversation, it's you, because I've written an entire book on this topic, which you haven't read, and yet you're calling me a bigot, right? So always ask the question, because if you were to say, what do you mean by bigotry? And they say, well, you don't agree with me. Well, you don't agree with me. Does that make you a bigot? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You know, as soon as they start, because see, that's really an, what we call an ad hominem attack anyway. It's an attack on the person. It's not an attack on the argument. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be a bigot. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. Right. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So always ask questions. What do you mean by that? How would you come to that conclusion? Right. Like people will say, well, there can't be a good God because there's too much evil in the world. What do you mean by evil? Well, there's murder. There's rape. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about instances of evil. Can you give me a definition of evil? And you'll find they won't be able to define it without reference to good because evil is only a lack in a good thing, right? Evil is like um, cancer. Mm-hmm. If you take all the cancer out of a good body, you got a better body, right? Uh-huh. What happens if you take all the body out of the cancer? It doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? It can only exist mm-hmm. 
in a good thing, evil is like rust in a car. You know, if you take all the rust out of a car, you got a better car. What happens if you take all the all the car out of the rust? You got a Pinto, right? Right? <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> exist. You know, it can't exist on itself. So as soon as they start talking about evil, they're implying good. But good can only exist in an objective way if God if there exists. Actually is evil. Yeah, if there's actually good standard. Uh-huh. Evil can only exist if good exists. Right. I mean, good can exist without evil, right? But you you can't you can't have evil existing unless there's good, because evil is a lack in a good thing. So if evil exists, that means good exists. But if good exists, that means God exists, because what we mean by by good is God's nature. So. If you ask them, what do you mean by evil, and they try and define it, they're not going to be able to without assuming God exists. Wow. So, so great. I mean. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, there's another book we have called Stealing from God, Why Atheists Need God to Make Their Case. So they're stealing a standard from God. I saw that. T- that title was so interesting Yeah, that's me. that's where all that comes from, because if you just ask enough questions, they're going to run out of intellectual justification for their position. See, the beauty of asking questions, you don't have to know anything. <laughs> you can just keep asking questions. Well, why do you think that's true? So the two, the two main questions are, what do you mean by that? Okay. What do you mean by evil? Second question, how do you come to that conclusion? Why do you think that's true? And see if they can. Right. Okay. You know, and, and, and see if they have any evidence. Most of the time they don't. They heard a slogan. They like the slogan. They saw something. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. A so they have no factual basis right. for mm-hmm. whatever right. it is that they're claiming is true. Right. A woman has a right to choose. What do you mean by that? Choose what? Can a woman choose whatever she wants to do with her body? Can she smother somebody else if she's just using her body? No. That would be wrong. Yeah. So is there another body involved? Well, there is another body involved. Its own DNA, its own blood type, its own sex can't be just part of the woman's body it's a unique individual right mm-hmm. and if, if it's growing which it is do dead things grow no. no dead things don't grow if it's growing it's alive so do you think it's right to kill a growing human being that's what you're saying in abortion right so just keep asking questions it's, it's <laughs> I'm having, yeah. He says it, I'm like, yeah, and then I immediately go, well, I don't, I could never just say that if I was somewhere. Man, okay, so as we get kind of close to the number of time, I was thinking it would maybe be fun just to find out from you. Um, What's like some of the? Have you ever gotten a question that has maybe not stumped you? Because I don't know if that's possible, but like where you've been, I, I gotta think, I gotta buy some time. I gotta think about this. For My a wife asks me those questions every day. <laughs> uh, that's the wrong, wrong podcast. <laughs> but, but no, but I figure if you get stumped. Oh, well, sure, if okay, you get stumped. Get, so how, help us. Mm-hmm. How do we not disengage from a conversation? Because, right, that would be the easy thing. Like, I just gotta get out of this because I don't wanna say the wrong thing or do the wrong right. thing. So help us stay engaged. But how, how do we if, navigate? If you have to buy time, then just ask, well, what do you mean by that? Can you. Explain that in a different way and see what, you know, see if they can explain their question or their comment in a different way. Look, when somebody says something, it's not your job to refute what they say. It's their job to support what they say. Right? Okay. So, so somebody says, Pastor great. Randy, you, I can't believe in the Bible. It's been changed throughout the centuries. Don't go in a dissertation as to why it hasn't been changed throughout the centuries. Say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean it's been changed throughout the centuries? Well, you know, we've got the 
the Bible got here like the telephone game. So-and-so told so-and-so told so-and-so told so-and-so told so-and-so. Next question. How did you come to that conclusion? Why so do you they, think, in essence, it's they, just something they've heard somewhere yeah, that they've adopted as a theology. Yeah, but and they, you, they can't really tell you, oh, cite a resource. Or no, a, that's why you can, if you ask, what do you, how did you come to that conclusion? Have you investigated the manuscript evidence for yourself? I guarantee the guy's not going to say, yeah, just last night I, I was up reading a book about the Byzantine line of manuscripts. Like, <laughs> like, like, Probably not. Nobody's going to say that. No way. What it is they've heard a slogan. And so you just ask them for evidence for the slogan. Why do you think that's the case? And see what they say. So the first question is, what do you mean by that? The second question is, how did you come to that conclusion or what evidence do you have for that position? Sure. Most of the time they don't have evidence. Right. The third question is an opportunity for you to provide evidence back where you'd say something like, well, have you ever considered that we didn't get the Bible like the telephone game? What happened was people witnessed, say, the New Testament. They'd witnessed Jesus say and do certain things. They'd either write it down themselves or they'd interview people that did see Jesus do certain things, and they put that right into a Greek language with regard to the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And then as the manuscripts began to degrade, other people copied them, and we now have about 6,000 handwritten Greek manuscripts from, you know, all the way from the second century to the time of the printing press. And when we compare all those manuscripts, we can reconstruct the original to more than 99% accuracy. And even skeptics like Bart Ehrman admit this. We know what the original New Testament said. The only question is, is did, it, did they record something that actually happened or is it a lie? That's another question. Right. Mm -hmm. But we, mm -hmm. we know that the original New Testament that was written down in the first century, we know what it said. We have it. And it was written thousands of years later or a, a, a thousand or so years later, and it was still in line with what was oh yeah you're talking about the old testament yeah from yeah from from the earliest uh manuscript we have of the old testament say the masoretic text in about 1000 a.d when we compare say the book of isaiah from that manuscript to the book of isaiah they discovered in the 1940s in the dead mm -hmm. sea scrolls right. we realize they didn't change hardly anything. Mm -hmm. The differences were like in spelling. Yeah. Right. You know, Incredible. it was nothing. Prepositions yeah. or something. Incredible. Yeah. Did, you know. So, yeah, we have a good test for Old Testament documents from the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's sure. right. Yeah. All right. It's incredible. Love this. I know. It's so yeah. good. And we could keep on and on, mm -hmm. but unfortunately we can't because uh, you probably made it through your workout by now um, yeah. or your drive to work. But or, or you got to work longer are you, yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Some of you need to work do. out more. Let's uh -huh. keep going. Uh, well, I do want to <laughs> emphasize before we close out um, your website, crossexamined.org. That's With a right. D, examined. And we, your resources are on there as well right. as some of the tools that you mentioned today. So huge resource for Sign you as listeners. Sign up for his email newsletter. It's yes. A, it's brilliant all the time. You know, yes. we, we have a podcast too called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Excellent. So wherever you listen to podcasts, like here, just go to you know Spotify, Apple, wherever you go. Just look Perfect. for I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We do two a week. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharpening us, giving us some tools. Um, I'm I, I, always, I'm just always blown away. What do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for making me feel smarter and dumber at the same, the same time. Thank you for challenging me. Yes, that there you go, boy. I'm, he just put that into practice right did. away. Right. Which, I, which should prove to you. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've got a microphone on it. I don't know what to say right now. You know so. what they say? Well, as soon as they put a microphone in front of your face, your IQ goes down 20 points. You're like, 
I don't know what. <laughs> and we put one at a zero. Why are they listening to this podcast right now? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm so glad that you are. So uh, seriously, Frank, thank you so much for joining yes, us. Yes, Frank. Thank you, Kristen. Thank and, you, uh, Pastor Randy. Yes. Thanks for the work you're doing here at Bayside. But it's not just Bayside. I mean, you guys help so many people all over the country. So thanks for all the work you're doing. Oh, man. Thank you. I'm glad. Yes. We're honored. Thanks for noticing and saying that. Absolutely. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources, go to therelatenetwork.com.